With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. New Yorkers share why they got a COVID-19 vaccine. It's for all of us to ensure our safety, to ensure that we can go out and have fun again. I want to go back to school next year. I was online for the whole year, like all nine months. And, um... I really miss my friends. Just get vaccinated because I want to stop the virus. Visit nyc.gov slash finder or call 877-VAX4NYC. The TalkLine Network proudly presents its flagship program, TalkLine with Zev Brenner. America's premier Jewish broadcast, the pulse beat of the Jewish community. And now, your host, Zev Brenner. And welcome to another edition of TalkLine. I am Zev Brenner. Tonight we have a great show for you. But first, I want to remind you, we're happy to be here with you on WOR 710 AM every Sunday night at 9 p.m. Samish in between the amazing appraising by Leave the Appraise at 8 o'clock. And Yitzhak Safos follows me with Mind Your Business. Wonderful programs. And we're very happy to be part of the WOR Broadcast family. You can catch us at TalkLineNetwork.com. You can also catch us on our 24-hour day listen line, 641-741-0389. We'll also catch us on Naki Radio. If you miss any of our shows, go to JewishPodcast.org. We are on all the major podcast platforms, including iTunes and Stitcher and Podbean. Also on YouTube and Instagram. Tonight, we've got a great show for you. We'll start off with Gabe Geller from the Kettle Wine Company, giving you some great wine suggestions to begin the new year. Michael Eisenberg is co-founder and general partner of Olive, an early-stage venture capital fund over $500 million under management. He's been a venture capitalist for 25 years. He focuses on partnering with Israeli entrepreneurs to build large, meaningful companies and impactful global brands. And he's also a book author, and he's written a brand-new book called The Tree of Life and Prosperity, Economic Principles from the Book of Genesis for the 21st Century. You don't want to miss Michael Eisenberg. We begin right after these messages. We are America's only Jewish radio programs and regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. We'll be right back, and please patronize our sponsors to help us keep us on the air. New Yorkers, starting the week of August 16th, People 12 and older will be required to show proof of vaccination to enter some of New York City's favorite indoor venues and businesses. To enjoy indoor restaurants, bars, gyms, movie theaters, Broadway shows, museums, and more, you will need to show proof of at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. You must show your CDC vaccine card, the New York City COVID Safe app, New York State Excelsior Pass, or other official vaccine record. The highly contagious Delta variant is here in New York City. Protect yourself and others. Get vaccinated today. The COVID-19 vaccines are free, safe, and effective. Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder 
or call 877-VAX4-NYC to learn where you can get a COVID-19 vaccine. Best wishes for the new year from your friends at Marvid Poultry. For the last 60 years, Marvid Kosher Poultry has been providing the cleanest, finest, and tastiest chickens, turkeys, ducks, and Cornish hens for discriminating kosher customers. Marvid also has the most kosher supervision, including the OU, MK, and Isachtis as well. So start the new year by making sure Marvid is on your family's table. Available at the finest kosher supermarkets. A good yar and a chag kosher v'sameach from Marvid Poultry. Ancient tradition, today's taste. ShopRite of McDonald Avenue in Brooklyn at Avenue I is the place to go for all your shopping needs for Rosh Hashanah and Sukkot. They have all your favorite foods, and you save money each time you shop, as your Price Plus card saves you more every day, all year long. ShopRite of McDonald Avenue is open daily for your convenience. A happy and healthy new year from ShopRite of McDonald Avenue and Avenue I in Brooklyn. Everyone, please get your pens and pencils ready because I want you to write something down that's really so important. We all know about the dramatic rise in anti-Semitism, hate against Jews, and most know about the horrific events in Pittsburgh and Poway and Muncie, Jersey City, Brooklyn, and the series of incidents that struck communities from New York to Los Angeles this year. Thankfully, there's a nonprofit organization called the Community Security Service, or the CSS. They are America's largest Jewish volunteer security organization. This coming Wednesday and Thursday, they're conducting free online webinars to help keep all New York area Jews safe. The webinar is called Seven Facts Every Jew Must Learn About Security Now. You have to attend this webinar and tell all your family and friends about it. These people are experts. It's free. It's important. To sign up, go to the C ss.org again that's the CSS T-H-E-C-S-S dot org please do it now that's the CSS dot org with sukkahs right around the corner you'll love what you save on everything you need for your sukkah from schach bamboo mats in all sizes and tarps at Borough Park certified lumber and home centers they have a huge selection of sukkah hardware including pulleys, ropes, hooks, bolts and nuts, timers, cable ties, extension cords, three-way plugs, fluorescent lights, and so much more. If you want a ready-made sukkah, easy to put together, requires no tools, then the Wonder Sukkah is for you and is exclusively available only at Borough Park Certified Lumber. Of course, they have a large selection of tables and benches for your sukkah, as well as the new Shabbos bulbs. Whatever you need for sukkahs and all year round, you name it, they have it. Indoors and outdoors, get it all at Borough Park Certified Lumber and Home Centers, 4601 Newtrick Avenue in Borough Park and 466 Kent Avenue in Williamsburg. For more information, including shipping nationwide, call them at 718-853-3100. That's 718-853-3100. You always do your best to keep your child safe, especially during the pandemic. If your child is at least 12 years old, getting them vaccinated against COVID-19 will keep them safer everywhere they go and whatever they do. The COVID-19 vaccines are effective at preventing disease, and millions of adolescents have already been vaccinated safely. Get your child vaccinated against COVID-19 before school starts. Visit nyc.gov slash COVID vaccine. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner 
America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome to another Kedem World Wine Corner. With us once again, Gabe Geller, Director of Public Relations, Manager of Wine Education for Kedem Royal Wines. Gabe, good to have you back again. It's great to be here. How are you doing? Thank God. I know you're working very hard, especially before the holidays. I would assume that more people looking to get wine for Rosh Hashanah, for Sukkot, right? This is like a busy season for you. It's a very busy season. Thank God. And, uh, you know, as the years go by, we have more and more uh, uh, wines and spirits uh exciting uh exciting wines and spirits uh that uh that we're releasing and of course uh that we want to uh promote and uh introduce to uh introduce to the market and uh i'm really uh, happy to uh try last week uh a new wine uh from uh, nana estate we discussed nana estate in a previous uh in a previous episode uh, and uh, I was uh, really, really impressed uh, with uh, their uh, with their Cedis, uh, uh, which is a uh, which is a red blend based on Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's grown in the Negev Desert, uh, which is uh, really quite uh, quite an achievement to produce uh, wine of that quality in such a in such a harsh climate. So how do you do it? You do you need special conditions or tools how do you in such a climate like the desert how do you produce such a top quality wine yeah you you have to be on top of it really uh literally uh, you have to watch constantly uh the, the grapes on the vines uh when you're approaching the harvest that you catch you catch them really at the at the at the uh, proper ripeness uh there's a lot of tools uh to achieve uh, that's ripeness without, you know, messing up the, the quality of the fruit, uh, whether it's a canopy management, uh, drip irrigation. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of uh, Israeli innovations and technology uh, that are involved, and that has attracted uh, international uh, media coverage even before, the, the, even before nano wines are actually available uh, in the United States. Uh, there are articles uh, on the uh, Smithsonian, uh, on in the New York Times, uh, and on many o- in many other uh, media outlets, uh, and that's that, that's really great because it's really um, it really puts the puts the, the the spotlight on Israel as a as a wine country that actually brings something to the table. It's amazing because as you were talking, if I remember my past conversations, you told me that certain areas, it's the soil, it's the weather that helps make it a great wine. Here you have the desert, so you're really starting from scratch, and you're able to produce this a quality wine literally from the sands in the desert. That's I find that simply amazing. It's amazing. It really is amazing because uh, you do have you know the, the terroir, the climate, the soil, the place. Uh, which has, you know, its uh, its downside and uh, and also its its quality. So of course the downside is uh, it's a harsh climate, very hot and very dry uh, during the day, and that's something that you really have to manage with. But on the other hand, it's very cold at night, uh, so you have those uh, temperature uh, differences between uh, you know day and night, 
are quite uh, significant, and that is one of the key factors in producing uh, great wine. And uh, and that's really something that uh, that you know Nana can uh, can claim. And um, you know, it's something I'm going to tell you something really personal uh, right here. My issue on a personal level uh, for many years has been uh, Israel is making really good wines. Uh, very good Cabernet Sauvignon, very good uh, Bordeaux-style blends. But how are those wines actually contributing something to the worldwide, uh, worldwide uh, uh, wine industry? Uh, of course, they are kosher and they are Israeli, which is important to us as, uh, as Jews and as kosher-drinking people. But how those wines actually bring something to the table for uh, for a wine lover who's not necessarily Jewish or uh, keeping kosher. In this particular case, you have you know a winery that actually does something that's innovative, and uh, and and that's really the talk of town uh, in the in the wine industry because we are facing you know climate changes, uh, and that's all over the world. And uh, if uh, if we want to be able to keep making great wine anywhere in the world, uh, you have to face those challenges and uh, and deal with them and find ways to actually uh, you know find solutions in order to keep making uh, making wine uh, regardless of the uh, not regardless of the climate change, but according to the climate change. So this is really a test lab for what with climate change, which will affect the topography of of the land and also climates in different countries. So if you're able to grow in the desert, you can grow it anyway. It's simply simply amazing. How many kinds of wine were you eventually going to produce from the desert? Well, uh, Nana Wines have released uh, five wines, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to, to begin with. Uh, and there are other wineries uh, uh, that started already uh, producing wine there. And uh, hopefully we'll see uh, some of them. Uh, if they are, uh, you know, good quality, we'll see uh, some of them uh, coming to the United States uh, uh, as well. Uh, uh, we can talk, of course, about Yatir Winery, which is not far from there, and uh, and they were actually the pioneers because they are almost in the Negev Desert. They are in the southern Judean Hills, uh, very close to the Negev, and uh, and the vineyards of Yatir Winery uh, grow in a man-made forest. Uh, and uh, which is uh, very famous, uh, wow. and, uh, and and it's actually a, a special place that was created. Uh, I mean, the, the, by man. Uh, I mean, it was created by God, of course. Uh, but uh, the, those that forest uh, and the conditions that it has created in the field uh, are uh, are very recent. And, uh, and the, the, the results are here. and We know that those wines are among the most celebrated and the, uh, highly rated uh, Israeli wines. So if you can't make it to Israel for Rosh Hashanah, you can drink quality Israeli wine. And Nana wine sounds a great wine, and it's from Israel, and it's from the Negev, and this is the cutting edge. So thank you for sharing with us a very wonderful choice for Rosh Hashanah. So, uh, Gabe Geller, Director of Public Relations, Manager of Wine Education for Kedem Royal Wines, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Zev. And we're going to be you next time. God willing. And uh, we're going to have to have a nano party for five flavors and who knows how many more to come. Amazing, amazing technology from Israel. New Yorkers share why they got a COVID-19 vaccine. I choose to get vaccinated because I want to protect myself. I want to protect my family. 
It's the right thing to do. You have to be safe at all times. I really feel more secure, more comfortable going out here. Man, go down, roll your sleeve up, and get that shot, you know? Visit nyc.gov slash vaccine finder or call 877-VAX4-NYC. Everyone, please get your pens and pencils ready because I want you to write something down that's really so important. We all know about the dramatic rise in anti-Semitism, hate against Jews, and most know about the horrific events in Pittsburgh and Poway and Muncie, Jersey City, Brooklyn, and the series of incidents that struck communities from New York to Los Angeles this year. Thankfully, there's a nonprofit organization called the Community Security Service, or the CSS. They are America's largest Jewish volunteer security organization. This coming Wednesday and Thursday, they're conducting free online webinars to help keep all New York area Jews safe. The webinar is called Seven Facts Every Jew Must Learn About Security Now. You have to attend this webinar and tell all your family and friends about it. These people are experts. It's free. It's important. To sign up, go to the C ss.org again that's the CSS T-H-E-C-S-S.org. please do it now that's the CSS.org. best wishes for the new year from your friends at marvid poultry for the last 60 years marvid kosher poultry has been providing the cleanest finest and tastiest chickens turkeys ducks and cornish hens for discriminating kosher customers marvid also has the most kosher supervision including the ou mk and isachtis as well so start the new year by making sure marvid is on your family's table available at the finest kosher supermarkets a good yard and a chag kosher v'sameach from marvid poultry ancient tradition today's taste Lent sukkah for all your sukkah's needs, including their full lulav and rogam sets. Listen to this. They have a complete line of sukkahs available for purchase, panel, snap, and canvas, bamboo mats on all sizes. But if you don't want to buy a sukkah, there are rentals also available upon request. You can't beat that. And if you don't want to put up your rental sukkah, they'll put it up for you. If you want to put up your sukkah that you own, let Lent Sukkahs put it up for you. Why do it yourself when Morty Lent and his crew can do it for you? For more information, call Morty Lent at 516-459-2241. That's 516-459-2241. Or email kippahs at aol.com. That's K-I-P-P-A-H-S at aol.com. Tell me you heard about it here on TalkLine. Again, that's Lent's Tents for all your sukkah needs. Call them at 516-459-2241 for rentals to sales. They got it all. We're living in very challenging times with things very unsettling. With the new year just beginning, it's time to uplift our spirits and put a spark into the holiday. Since we can't make it to Israel for Yom Tov, we can get a taste of the Holy Land with Evan Zahav's award-winning Jerusalem Gold Wines, which will enhance your Yom Tov table. Choose from the Evan Zahav Special Reserve Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, Premium Merlot, Premium Shiraz, and Petit Shiraz. Other uplifting choices to make your Yom Tov sparkle include Doe Privilege, the finest kosher cognac from France. It's a gold medal winner and comes in a variety of exquisite bottles. Other great cognac choices include gold medal winner Doe XO, the Doe Cognac XO Louis Memory Ordage, very light and silky gold medal winner Doe Extra Black. The Marquis de Brim Cognac XO in a special gift box is a great gift to give. It's a best selection of the premier crew of cognacs. 
And for scotch lovers, you must try McBearden Single Malt 10 or their carefully blended scotch whiskey and a number of single malt scotches to give a balanced, easily drinkable, smooth scotch whiskey that will please your palate, is affordable, and certified kosher. Let's begin the new year and celebrate Yentif by letting our spirits be lifted up with Evan Zahav Premium Wines from Israel, the finest kosher cognacs in the world, and the McBearden Single Malts and Blended Scotches. Shana Tova and Chag Sameach. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Every Saturday night from 11 p.m. till midnight on TalkLineNetwork.com, we present Startup Mention, dealing with Israeli startup companies in high tech. Eliezer Gross is founder of the Basadna Group, and he's written some fascinating books about spirituality, about divine providence, Psyata Deshmaya. We're going to give away some copies of his book. If you'd like to win one of his books, send me an email to zevbrenner at gmail.com. Put book in the headline and give us your name, address, and zip code. We're going to give away at least five to ten books tonight. That's zevbrenner at gmail.com, zevbrenner at gmail.com. You always do your best to keep your child safe, especially during the pandemic. If your child is at least 12 years old, getting them vaccinated against COVID-19 will keep them safer everywhere they go and whatever they do. The COVID-19 vaccines are effective at preventing disease, and millions of adolescents have already been vaccinated safely. Get your child vaccinated against COVID-19 before school starts. Visit nyc.gov slash COVID vaccine. You're listening to Talk Line with Zev Brenner, America's premier Jewish broadcast on the air since 1981. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner to Israel we go via the west side of Manhattan. Michael Eisenberg is co-founder and general partner of Olive, an early stage venture capital fund with over $500 million under management. He's been a venture capitalist for 25 years. Olive focuses on partnering with great Israeli entrepreneurs to build large, meaningful companies and impactful global brands. In addition to that, he's also written three books, including Ben Baruch, which is about the Brachot uh, in the Jerusalem Talmud. Uh, his other book is called The Vanishing Jew, a wake-up call from the book of Esther. And his latest book, at least in English, he has others in Hebrew, is called The Tree of Life and Prosperity, based on economic principles from the book of Genesis for the 21st century. And it's under the Wicked Book imprints. He's originally from the west side of Manhattan. And uh, he davened in the same shul that I davened, the Rabbi Vorhan Stiebel on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. He has a Long Beach connection, having been at the Bach and also with Little Beach Synagogue connected there as well. So welcome. Thank you for joining us. 
Thank you, Zev. I want to give you a compliment. When, when my I, first, my daughter Lizzie said you got to interview Michael. He's written a fascinating book. She loved your book about anti the vanishing Jew. So she said you got to interview Michael. My son said he heard you 2013 in University, and something that you said stuck with him. And he said that you quoted he quoted you saying that uh, that really learning Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, shouldn't be up to rabbis. It should be for the average person because they're in business. They need to know it. So. It's really true. It's really true. You know, you, you have to run into real life in order to run into the real Shulchan Aruch. Right. So he says, so really the rabbis don't, they need to know, but not really as much as the average person because the day-to-day business. And you've devoted yourself. You have a successful company. You're a venture capitalist. And in fact, that you went to Gush Etzion in Israel. Didn't Rav Amital tell you that you should open up a factory and employ 10,000 people? Yeah, that, that's true. I, I asked him when I was 19, and we were like 15 guys in a room, uh, right after the first Gulf War, I said, is there a bigger mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael settling the land for somebody who uh, moves to a populated place, Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, or you have to move to an unpopulated place to really fulfill the mitzvah? And he said, it's all nonsense, real nonsense. You need to make Aliyah move to Israel and open a factory that will employ 10,000 people to earn an honest and decent living. And that's really important. He said that would be the biggest uh, mitzvah, and so on the spot, I kind of decided I would I would make aliyah and see if I could employ ten thousand people. It was the first time a rabbi connected for me uh, the importance of of Jewish principles and Torah um, and the economy, and you know that's kind of been my life pursuit ever since. Is uh, how do we employ tens and if not hundreds of thousands of people to earn an honest and decent living? Well, so you didn't you didn't open the factory, but you're employing thousands of people. The factories turn out to be passe in the 21st century. It's all about technology now, and I've been really blessed to be, you know, in, in the innovation economy and technology, and feel very fortunate about that. So, how did you get involved with that? Here you are from the United States. You were inspired to move to Israel by going to yeshiva in Israel. How did you go from there, from being a very successful venture capitalist? I actually started in political consulting. That was my first job when I got to Israel. I worked for a firm based in Boston for a year and a half or so. And then I was laid off and nobody told me. And I actually had a hard time finding a job, a really hard time finding a job. I didn't have an army network. I didn't do the army here. People don't want to hire me. Um, and really, out of some level of desperation, I started something which kind of became a merchant bank for tech. It was the early days of tech in Israel. And um, it, 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 it turned into like a merchant bank for tech that became a venture capital fund. And then I've been at three venture capital funds. And that's really where the economy is. And, uh, you know, I, I think the future uh, of the Jewish peoples in Israel, and I think the future of the economy is in tech, and I feel very, very, you know, blessed and privileged to be at that intersection. Well, Israel's certainly a leader in high tech, and but a lot of it comes from the army, so the fact that you didn't have that experience makes it even more interesting because a lot of people make the connections, especially dealing with technology that the, the Israeli army has developed and they've taken and made it civilian use. Absolutely. Uh, those networks matter. One of my partners came out of one of those uh, great units in the army. and But, you know, Israel is a welcoming country, and uh, it's a country where I say there aren't six degrees of separation, there are only two. Everyone's got a direct line to the prime minister, just ask them. And uh, it's, it, you know, you can get around it if you're willing to kind of put yourself out there. Uh, people are very accommodating and take in, and a lot of people were very good to me early in my career. People like Shlomo Kalish and Jonathan Medved, who's now at our crowd, and, and Neil Cohen, and and others, and uh, Nahum Sharfman of Blessed Memory, who started Shopping.com, and Amir Ashkenazi, and Dan Sipporin. And so I, I just feel super blessed that they've taken me in. Oh, that's terrific. Now, tell me, one of your earliest ventures was was sold to Kodak. 
Tell us about it. I'm referring oh, to man. picture vision. Yeah, so this is a great story, actually. Uh, I was on a plane back to Israel for one of my first business trips, and I knew nothing. Um, I was this kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed merchant banker. I didn't even know what that was with a fancy card. And um, and I really knew nothing. And sitting next to me was a guy named Gor Shomron, who's like an Israeli technology legend. And he says, man, I got this guy. He's down on his luck. His name is, he didn't tell me his name, actually. And he said, uh, we meet with him. He's doing something, this thing called the Internet. And this is like early 95 or so. And the Internet was really new in the world and certainly new in Israel. And I, I was fortunate. When I was in YU and edited the newspaper, uh, we knew this thing called the Internet because we were early to digital printing because we were a poor newspaper at the university. And I edited the commentator, the the YU oh, newspaper. Oh, YU newspaper, the commentator, sure. <laughs> yeah, I was, the, I was the editor-in-chief or co-editor-in-chief alongside of a guy named Michael Kelman. And well, we had to send things over a modem. So I knew a little bit what this was. Anyway, I get back to the office. The next day is a call from a guy named Yaakov Ben Yaakov. I literally thought it was a prank. Um, such a, I, I, thought, I, thought he, I thought he was getting ready for your book on prosperity from the book of Genesis. Yaakov Ben Yaakov, a better name for it. But anyway, go ahead. Exactly. Anyway, I go to meet him in his house in Givad Zev, just outside of Jerusalem, in, in the attic. And the kids are running around. And, you know, he's unemployed, basically, running this company that no one will invest in because what's the Internet? And he was uh, digitizing pictures, negatives. There was, used to be a thing called negatives. People may remember that. Um, and uploading them to the browser. You think on the Internet, and you can send them across the world. I would say instantaneously, except it took a lot of minutes because bandwidth was slow. It was the early days, and browsers were slow. Uh, Netscape had just come out a few months earlier, and but it captivated me. And you know, my family lived in America still. Uh, they moved afterwards, and it's kind of like, okay, we can send pictures of our new daughter. This is amazing. Um, and we ended up raising six hundred thousand dollars from a bunch of angels. Now they're called angels. Then they were called, uh, I don't know, friends. Wonderful people. Friends. <laughs> Yeah, but, and, but didn't, uh, you make, didn't you make the commitment before you even had the money? Yeah, we did. Uh, okay, you, we, took, you, well, took a, you took a leap of faith. Well, we we committed fifty thousand dollars, which was our fee from raising the six hundred thousand dollars or so, and um, and we raised the money, and the thing ends up getting bought by Kodak. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, and Codex moved to digital. By the way, the interesting epilogue to the story about what happens to people who don't innovate is Kodak buys them, and then the Kodak Film Union keeps out these guys, Yaakov and Elliot and Phil Garfinkel, because they're the digital guys, and they threaten the film business. And we all know what happened to Kodak. It went out of business because it didn't move to digital. This was their hope, but the union, the film union, prevented the digital guys from coming in. And uh, you know, I'm very proud of these guys still today. Yaakov and I are still in touch. Um, and uh, just amazing people who, who changed our lives, by the way. We couldn't be doing sharing photos if they weren't the first. But did, did you have financial success? Because it could have, obviously, if they would have developed it more, it would have meant more to your bottom line. The fact that they let it languish and didn't do anything with it, did that hurt the sale, or did it hurt your making money from that venture? No, they paid cash. A uh, really important lesson in investing is if uh, – if you don't believe in the company that's buying you, take cash, not stock. Or if you get the stock, sell it. 
So, uh, no, but they paid us cash. So you went from there to other companies that you involved. You write in your book, which is fascinating because you combine Torah with business, I guess the two different Bibles, the Bible of economics and the true Bible, which is the Torah. You write the fact that most of these high-tech companies and most of these investments that venture capital invests, most of them fail. But I guess you count on the big ones to be successful. Yeah, you know, I, I'm wrong more than 50% of the time, and we don't get it right, and it's a, it's a risky business. But uh, And you need the ones that succeed to make up for the ones uh, that fail. You know, but I, I want to refer to something you said. There are two Bibles, the Bibles of economics and the Bible that's the, the true Torah. I actually think it's one. And, and, and part of the point I'm trying to get across in the book is, you know, if we fill most of our day with work, which we do, by the way, we work more than we sleep, and we work more hours than we spend with our children. So... And if the Torah is something to say about human life and the human condition, then it needs to necessarily talk about the issues around the economy, the issues around work. Um, you know, the parsha about Avram coming to the land of Israel, the word rechush, possessions, is said seven times. That's what's called in German a, a leitvorter, or in Hebrew, it's called a milamancha, which is a leading word, a word that tells us what it's about. And it's about possessions and Avram's treatment of wealth. And we know that Noah, Noah is an inventor. He invents the plow. He invents fermentation and wine. And if you go all through the book of Genesis, Bracious, you will discover that innovation, economy, business, money is a core topic. We have a whole partial dedicated to Avram negotiating his purchase of, you know, the burial cave, the Maratha Machpelah in Hebron. We have large portions dedicated to Yosef's managing of the economy in Egypt. In fact, by the way, the Abarbanel asks, why are there so many chapters dedicated to Yosef's managing the economy of Egypt? Shouldn't this be in the historical annals of Egypt? And the answer is, no, it shouldn't, because the Torah has what to say about how we manage a national economy, because the Torah has what to say of how we manage wealth. The Torah has what to say about innovation, and the Torah has what to say about negotiation. That's core to what the Torah is. No, you're absolutely right, but people tend to separate. Listen, the Torah has everything there, how to conduct business, and if you're ethical, I know we'll talk about the fact that you like working with companies that are ethical and you've pulled out from ones that were not. Um, this is a way, of, a way of life which also includes business, but people tend to look at business as one realm and look at Torah as something else, but the truth is, and this is the whole concept even of Torah Mada, the Torah encompasses everything. You mentioned Avraham. He was the first fundraiser, by the way, and a very successful one, but business didn't, according to the rabbis, business didn't spoil him because he went to Egypt poor, came back laden with gifts and lots of money, but he still stayed at the same dinky hotels that he stayed on the way in with the rabbis teach us to show us that he didn't let the wealth spoil him yeah by the way i think uh, avram goes wealthy to egypt he doesn't go poor to egypt well uh, actually they they, they they put down at least a comment that maybe there's a discussion right. that he didn't have in fact i think it was rashi said he stayed at the same hotels when he didn't have money that when he had money on the way back he made a point of going to the same ones yeah i think you're correct about rashi but i think if you read the the actual text that's not what happens he he, he has wealth and possessions when he comes rashi interprets the fact that there's a famine, if my memory serves me correctly, as, as that he, you know, becomes unwealthy. But we have no proof for that in the, in the text. He goes with wealth and he comes back with more wealth. It says, Kaved Me'od. He's very well laden. Before that, he was just wealthy. Now he's super wealthy when he leaves Egypt. The big difference is Lot, by the way. And this is a super important thing, which is that uh, when Avram leaves uh, Haran, 
his birthplace, or maybe the place he lived, depending on the commentary. Uh, and he comes to the land of Canaan, Canaan, uh, Israel. Uh, the Torah tells us that he comes with his wife and 70 uh, souls and his, all his possessions and Lot. Right. Now, why is it tells about Lot? We only know one thing about Lot. You know what it is? He, loved, his he, nephew? he loved money. No, no, that we don't know that yet. He doesn't have any yet. He's an orphan. Lot is an orphan. We know that his father dies. That's what we know from the end of Parshas Noah. We just forget it. And so the Torah is already telling us that what if Avram comes laden with wealth to the land of Israel, most important is to take care of the orphan. Then they go down to Egypt. And the thing we know when they leave Egypt is not only is Avram very wealthy, Lot is now wealthy as well. It tells us that Lot also has wealth when they leave Egypt. So Avram goes down there. He uses talent, skills, wealth, not just to make himself wealthy, but to make his orphan nephew wealthy. It's not charity. It's not redistribution. He invests in him and he shares some of his skills and maybe they have a partnership and we don't know, but they both leave wealthy. What then happens, though, is they split. They start splitting even before Lot goes to Sodom in that Avram goes on a spiritual pursuit. The word used in the Torah is masa'av, his spiritual pursuits, and he does it alone. Whereas Lot thinks that I made money because I'm successful, talented, and I did it myself, and I want to go to a place where no one's going to bother with me about wealth, and I can be selfish. That's called stone. And Avram said, we got to keep spreading this. we got to keep investing in people and raising them up as well in a challenging economy. And that's the difference between the two of them. Our guest from Israel is Michael Eisenberg, co-founder and general partner Aleph, an early stage venture capital fund with over $500 million under management. He's a book writer. His latest book deals with economics and Torah. You always do your best to keep your child safe, especially during the pandemic. If your child is at least 12 years old, getting them vaccinated against COVID-19 will keep them safer everywhere they go and whatever they do. The COVID-19 vaccines are effective at preventing disease, and millions of adolescents have already been vaccinated safely. Get your child vaccinated against COVID-19 before school starts. Visit nyc.gov slash COVID vaccine. Delarosa's 100% pure avocado oil is truly a superior oil. Freshly pressed from the avocado fruit and not the seed, Delarosa's avocado oil is naturally low in acidity and high in monosaturated fats and vitamin E. Delarosa's avocado oil is light in taste, which makes it the perfect oil for use on salads and marinades and salad dressings. And because it has a high smoke point of 520 degrees Fahrenheit, it is the perfect oil for high heat cooking and being healthy. This is the perfect oil for use in high heat cooking, stir frying, deep frying, baking, sauteing, and roasting. And is also one of the best oils for the keto Paleo Diet. Delarosa's avocado oil can be found on your local grocery store or Amazon, Vitacost, and on eBay or online at Delarosa613.com. Get it now. Perfect for your everyday use. Every Saturday night from 11 p.m. till midnight on TalkLineNetwork.com, we present Startup mentioned dealing with Israeli startup companies in high tech. Eliezer Gross is founder of the Basadna Group, and he's written some fascinating books about spirituality, about divine providence, Psyata Deshmaya. We're going to give away some copies of his book. If you'd like to win one of his books, send me an email to zevbrenner at gmail.com. Put book in the headline and give us your name, address, and zip code. We're going to give away at least five to ten books tonight. That's zevbrenner at gmail.com. Zevbrenner at gmail.com. You always do your best to keep your child safe, especially during the pandemic. 
If your child is at least 12 years old, getting them vaccinated against COVID-19 will keep them safer everywhere they go and whatever they do. The COVID-19 vaccines are effective at preventing disease and millions of adolescents have already been vaccinated safely. Get your child vaccinated against COVID-19 before school starts. Visit nyc.gov slash COVID vaccine. Welcome back to the program. I'm Zev Brenner. Michael Eisenberg is our guest, co-founder and general partner at Aleph, an early stage venture capital fund with over $500 million on the management. He's been a venture capitalist for 25 years. His company, is Aleph, is partners with great Israeli entrepreneurs to build large, meaningful companies and impactful global brands. He's written a few books. His latest one is entitled The Tree of Life and Prosperity, Eitzachayim Ve'akesev, Economic Principles from the Book of Genesis for the 21st Century. It's a Wicked Son book. Why did you pick a Wicked Son from from Exodus uh, as opposed to the Righteous Son or the Son who doesn't know how to ask? I didn't pick anything is the truth, but my uh, my publisher... That's their imprint for their Jewish books. I think, you know, it stands out. We have a saying at Olive, our fun, different is better than better, and I guess they've taken that on. The fact that you asked the question means that the brand is working. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, got my attention. How's the, how's the book doing? You know, thank God. Um, on, the, on the eve of launch, meaning uh, on the 23rd, I hit uh, the book hit number one on Amazon, both in business ethics and in Old Testament commentaries. Those things don't go in common very often, let's just say. Um, you're not finding uh, books making it in both categories to the top. And it, it, it number one, and new releases in both of those categories. And uh, we're now in the top 4,500 or 4,300 books in Amazon on launch day. And it's uh, it's super exciting. And uh, people from all across the spectrum, by the way, uh, Jewish, non-Jewish. Uh, I was going to ask that. Does the book appeal to Christians or non-Jews as well? It has. You know, I've been on a bunch of uh, podcasts, Christian podcasts, and um you know, people aren't, aren't religious, but are just investors in technology. People are tweeting it. Uh, Keith Raboy, who's a very, very well-known venture capitalist, uh, tweeted out that every founder ought to read this book. Every startup founder ought to read this book. And Gavin Baker, who, as you can tell from the name, is probably not Jewish, is the, uh, you know, a big investor in public markets, et cetera. And he tweeted that um, this is the best book written on venture capital. And it's a biblical commentary. You know, and so I think it's super relevant for, for all kinds of audiences. And, and my editor, Adam Bellow, really made it accessible to everybody. Yeah, because I, because I listen, it's nice to see because you quote very heavily from the rabbinical sources and from the Torah. It, it's all, it could also be a Parsha book companion, even though it's heavy laden with the economics and, the, and also dealing with financial matters. But certainly if you're, you'd have to enjoy the Torah. So I'm glad to see that it has a broad basis uh, beyond just the Jewish community. Yeah, just so, you know, it's interesting you say that. We had a big debate uh, when I published the book at first, whether we should arrange it topically or we should arrange it by Parsha. And it was really important to me to arrange it Parsha by Parsha because that's how we read and that's how we discuss things with our kids at the Shabbat table. And so it's arranged Parsha by Parsha. I think it is an absolutely a Parsha companion. Um, and uh, that's that's how I wrote it, by the way, uh, based on conversations at the Shabbat table that then became notes, that then became missives, that then became a book. And so... Um, uh, you know, I don't read it anymore, but uh, I hope people read it alongside the Parsha. We start Bracious in a, in a few weeks, and I hope people uh, do that. Which also means that, obviously, you're going to have four more volumes in English coming out, right? Yeah, so in Hebrew, uh, I, Bracious is written, and Shmos is written, and Vayikra is written. They're all out. And uh, Bracious and Shmos both hit the bestseller list in Hebrew in Israel, and Vayikra was a little hard for people to swallow, although, candidly, I think it's the best of the bunch. And... Um, 
uh, it was just picked up by a big intellectual book club and they'll, they'll buy 3000 copies. So, uh, I hope it'll help catapult the book, but, um, all those are coming out in, 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 in English. Second volume on Shmos will be called everyone can be Moses, which is, uh, a takeoff from the Rambam in, uh, in Hilchos Chuba. Right. Looking forward to that. So tell us about, I know you lead your life ethically and you like only investing in companies or working with companies that work in an ethical way. Is that hard to find today? Because you write in your book, a lot of a lot of companies like to cheat, even big ones that you wouldn't expect them to do so, do that. So is that difficult to find? Look, I try, you know, we don't get it right all the time. And it's principles, right? It's timeless principles that matter. But But my view is, and I think what the Torah teaches us is, that you know, business and doing good are, are, are not dichotomous; they're they're one and the same. And in the 21st century, in particular, because of transparency, because of the way consumer behavior has changed, because of the way business behavior has changed, businesses that are not principles based are going to have a hard time competing over time. And this is—I'm an investor. I'm not, a, you know, I give charity on the side also, but this is not a charitable view. This is, I think, the best businesses are based on these timeless principles as articulated in the Torah. And I think these timeless principles will create better, longer lasting businesses in the 21st century. And my investors, it's not my money, I get money from limited partners, from investors, big endowments around the world, expect me to deliver outsized returns, especially given the risks that I take. And I think these principles lead you to deliver outsized returns, and that's the goal. And I would assume that you not that uh, that you would not invest in a company such as Ben and Jerry's, which is getting a lot of controversy in Israel and here, right? Well, you know, Ben and Jerry's is owned by Unilever, so there's no opportunity to invest in Ben and Jerry's. But and I will say about Ben and Jerry's, this will shock some of your listeners. I'm actually really happy that they did what they did. Uh, really happy. Why? Now I know not to buy their ice cream. And um, uh, you know, before that, they could have been supporting all sorts of nefarious causes, and I wouldn't have known. And actually, they've come out and said this now, and we see that these are unprincipled people because they'll sell their ice cream in China where the Uyghurs are being uh, oppressed. They'll sell their ice cream in Syria. We all know what's going on there, but they won't sell it like, you know, in, in, in Judea and Samaria. I mean, give me a break. What that is is it's a small market. It's not a big deal. We're not really taking any risk. But let me see them be big guys when there's big money on the line like in China. So this is what I call relativist political expediency dressed up as values. And I'm glad we learned that. So I'm happy they said it. And uh, there's plenty of ice cream in the world. This is not like a rare earth metal. You know what I'm saying? And we can find, I love Haagen-Dazs better anyway. Right, exactly. Now, people say it's not such a great ice cream, so why are people going so crazy? And the irony is, is that I spoke to the owner of the franchise of Ben & Jerry's in Israel. He's awesome. He's awesome. He's awesome, and he sells less than 2% of the company's product as sold in Judea and Samaria, and a good percentage of those Palestinian Arabs. So what's the whole big deal about it? Under Israeli law, he's not allowed to dissociate Judea and Samaria. He'd be violating Israeli law. So, By the way, under some U.S. law, they're not allowed to do it either, and, and Ben Jerry's not allowed to do it. So they're anti-boycott laws in Illinois and Kentucky and other places like that. But like I said, this was relativist political expediency to be accepted into a certain kind of bonton, uh, you know, religious politicization of, of a topic. And, you know, good luck, Ben and Jerry.
Now, one of the things that I think is growing in Israel is the Haredi market, where they're starting to get involved in companies and high tech. And yeah, you see some that are directed to that. Have you been involved with the Haredi sector in developing some of the high tech companies that are coming from that uh, group? I, I have not been involved in what you'd call a high tech company per se. I am involved in some not for profit efforts uh, there. And, you know, uh, the Haredi sector, as far as I'm concerned, are entrepreneurs like every other entrepreneur. I don't care what you wear or what you look like or what you did. If you have a good idea and good execution and technology, I, I want to be your investor. How many people come pitching you all the time? I'm sure you must be inundated with people saying, I got a great idea for you, Michael. Uh, many a day. You know, last night we did an event in Tel Aviv for the launch of the book, and uh, I was signing books. And there were at least 25 or 30 people there and come to hear about the book. We came to stand on line and pitch me. And so, uh, you know, I go into school and people are pitching me. On Shabbos too, right? right? Yeah, well, so the best thing in the world is Shabbos. And, you know, I've always had this radical view that I won't talk about any business topics on Shabbos and serve me super well. I can get out of shul uh, without getting pitched. And uh, But, yes, it happens in shul often. Myrev, I had a guy who's come to me in Myrev the last uh, – twice or three times the last couple of weeks. He, wait, he waited for me on my Myrev minute to, to pitch me on his idea twice. Wow. wow. Did you end up investing in it? No. <laughs> is that because he came twice? Had he come three times, uh, three times as a chazaka or no? <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I, now, I don't know. You've written the book, of course, dealing with Torah themes. And as my son Menachem Levy said, he heard it, why you? That's the thing that stood out is that how important it is to incorporate these Jewish values, Jewish halacha, Jewish law in the business practice on a day-to-day basis. Is there a particular personality in Chumash that you find embodies, you know, the business and the ethical and somebody we should emulate? Um, I think there's different lessons from different people uh, in the Torah. I I am much more struck by the uh, ongoing themes than I am by the individuals uh, in the Torah and what we can learn from these different individuals, but 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 in context, um, and so. You know, I think I think they're there uh, to teach us timeless lessons. But I will mention Noah. I think the story of Noah is really, really, really instructive. Everyone thinks about Noah and says, "Oh, who's Noah? He built the ark. Oh, and he saved the world from the flood." But I think the the definitional stories around Noah are actually not about the ark. They're about before and after the flood. And and before the flood, uh, Chazal say the sages say that Noah invented the plow. But it's it's in the verses. If you just read them carefully, it's in there. It wasn't like they invented something, uh, Chazal, the sages. It's, it's in the verses. And he, he built a, a mechanical object that increased prosperity and abundance and made food plentiful. Uh, he had a forefather five generations earlier. His name was Yared, Jared. Yared was the first Thomas Malthus uh, of the universe. Thomas Malthus, of course, is an Anglican priest who thought the world was coming to an end and there wouldn't be enough food to feed everybody. And here we are a couple of hundred years later, all around, there's enough food. Yared said, stop having children. So people start having children at later ages until Noah, Zeinah, he, he, you know, uncorked abundance and agricultural abundance by inventing the, the plow. But then humanity destroyed itself from abundance and licentiousness took hold and Hamas, which today is a terrorist movement in Gaza, took hold there, but Hamas in the biblical sense means a lack of trust from stealing a little bit here and stealing a little there. That's from the Talmud and Peah. And um, that's the first story of Noah. So Noah invents the plow, but he doesn't create a principles framework around it, an ethical framework around it for good use, and society destroys himself. And then after the flood, 
Noach invents wine and fermentation and chemistry. And by doing this, he could have solved a big problem of dirty water. We know when there are floods, there's brackish water. But, and wine is actually the water of the ancients because it's alcoholic, it's clean. But again, Noach doesn't invent an ethical framework around it. And so he gets drunk and he's abused by his son in his drunken stupor in his tent. And so I think the lessons of Noah is that innovation happens a lot. Innovation creates abundance and is super important and propels society forward. But if we don't build a principles framework around it, we're going to get in trouble. Well, I think Noah gets a bad deal. Uh, I believe that they, they, they talk about even the commentators and Rashi talks about the fact that would he been a righteous person of the generation. I think that he not only invented the plow, he also was the first one to recognize and give honor to grandparents. He did so much, and we are all children of Noah. He saved humanity. He doesn't get as much credit for that, even though people say we're from Adam, the first man. But Noah certainly was innovator. He did wine, and people think of people think of thousands of years of people were backwards. I'm I'm struck by thinking of Jonas, Jonas and Ivish says the Tower of Babel they were trying to build a rocket to go up to to, to God. So there were certainly were a lot more advanced than we give them credit for, and uh, from technology point of view. Yeah, they you know there's innovation in every generation, and every generation you know has its own challenges. Before I let you go, Michael, what has been your biggest challenge? That's a really great question. I think there's a couple, um, so I won't just mention one. I think um, it's it's really important to stay focused on on what you set out to do originally, and you know, for me, that's creating the ten thousand or hundred thousand jobs. And I think Rav Amitalu told me that would move the goalpost. And I, you know, in a world where people are throwing around uh, investments in millions and billions and hundreds of millions, you know. Money can be challenging, and I think staying focused on that goal is is a real challenge. And I, you know, and I think the you know the second element is we live in a chaotic time right now, and and we've lost principles, and and it, and um, and there's also kind of increasing gaps between technology has and technology have nots in society. And I think we, you know, it's 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 you can get caught up meeting with all these smart entrepreneurs and engineers every day um, and forget that it's only five or 6% of the Israeli workforce and probably some smaller percentage of the American workforce. And, and I think that's a challenge every day of how we, how we, how we spread these blessings. And uh, that's really important to me. We appreciate you being here with us. Michael Eisenberg is co-founder, general partner of Olive and Early Stage Venture Capital Fund with over $500 million under management. He's written a few books, uh, three of them in English. His latest one is called The Tree of Life and Prosperity, Eight Sachayim Vakesev, Economic Principles from the Book of Genesis for the 21st Century. We look forward to having you back again, and thank you for being able to... You're Actually, this is Torah Mada. You're able to blend both, so thank you for joining us. Every Saturday night from 11 p.m. till midnight on TalkLineNetwork.com, we present Startup Mention, dealing with Israeli startup companies in high tech. Eliezer Gross is founder of the Basadna Group, and he's written some fascinating books about spirituality, about divine providence, Psyata Deshmaya. We're going to give away some copies of his book. If you'd like to win one of his books, send me an email to zevbrenner at gmail.com. Put book in the headline and give us your name, address, and zip code. We're going to give away at least five to ten books tonight. That's zevbrenner at gmail.com. Zevbrenner at gmail.com. Mayor Panim Relief Centers in Israel help feed the needy, hungry, the elderly, the disabled, 
Holocaust survivors and the working poor. In fact, Mayor Panim receives an unprecedented amount of requests to give the absolute basics, such as bread, eggs, and rice. We provide thousands of hot meals daily, as well as grocery vouchers and support for those who need it the most. In the face of all this, an idea has taken flight. What if we could give Israelis a reliable and extended infusion of support? Enough so that they could really and truly get back on their feet. So today, I am turning to you, asking you to help us at Mayor Panim every month. Can you commit to supporting us in the new year? It's appalling and shocking that there are so many people struggling. Visit mpdonate.org. That's mpdonate.org and become an active supporter today to help end the endless cycle of poverty. Now, through the holidays, all donations are being doubled so you can make the greatest impact. You can also call 877-7-DONATE. That's 877-7-DONATE. Shana Tova from Merim Panim Relief Centers. You always do your best to keep your child safe, especially during the pandemic. If your child is at least 12 years old, getting them vaccinated against COVID-19 will keep them safer everywhere they go and whatever they do. The COVID-19 vaccines are effective at preventing disease, and millions of adolescents have already been vaccinated safely. Get your child vaccinated against COVID-19 before school starts. Visit nyc.gov slash COVID vaccine. That's all the time we have left. Stay tuned next for Yitzhak Safalis and Mind Your Business. Go to TalkLineNetwork.com. Continuous Jewish Broadcasting. We are America's only Jewish radio program. It's a regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. Thanks for listening. For Continuous Jewish Programs, TalkLineNetwork.com or our 24-hour-a-day listen line at 641-741-0389. For past shows, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms or JewishPodcast.org. Thanks for listening to the TalkLineNetwork.com. TalkLine Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.